Hi, I'm Bronwyn Clark. Hi, I'm Bruce McAvaney. Hi, I'm Jenny Williams. Hi, I'm Tom Wren. Hi, this is Wendy Schaefer. Hi, it's Keith Bradshaw. And I'm Ben Hook. In conjunction with Sport SA and the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation, this is Hooked on Sport. Hi there, and welcome to this bonus episode of Hooked on Sport. And today, Patrick Walker from the Australian Sports Foundation returns to the show. He is about to share the alarming findings of a survey into financial stress of community clubs, which the ASF recently tabled into a report. Community sport has lost $1.6 billion nationwide, and as many as 16,000 clubs are fighting to survive. They're terrifying numbers. And to make sense of them, Patrick Walker joins me right after this. Hi, it's Steph Nair and you're listening to Hooked on Sport. Patrick, welcome back to Hooked on Sport. G'day, Ben. It's great to speak with you again. Patrick, uh, the executive summary of your report, which is outstanding, by the way, it uses the word crisis. Now, is that there for dramatic effect or are we? is that exactly what we are facing? It's there because it's what we're facing. So I guess the way we look at it, this is a financial issue brought upon by COVID, uh, but it's a social crisis because what the report shows us, and and the report covered over 4,000 clubs, 100 different sports, every state and territory, what the report shows us is if we don't get financial help to these clubs, one in four community sports clubs is facing insolvency. The reason that's a crisis, Ben, is because these clubs – play such a huge role in our community life. They're so important for physical health, so important for mental health. It would be a social crisis if we lose anything like that number of clubs, and we can't allow it to happen. The money is astounding. $1.6 billion has been just wiped off the map in community sport. For someone who has devoted his working career to raising money for community sport, I mean, I don't know how much hair you have, Patrick, but you must be pulling what you do have out. I've got virtually no hair left, Ben. <laughs> Thanks for raising that. Uh, look, the, to coin a phrase used by the Treasurer last week, it's an eye-watering number. The, the issue is, while the average losses per club are relatively small, it depends on the size of the club, but let's say you know, in the region of 10 to 15K for most small clubs, uh, probably in the region of 20 to 30K for larger local clubs, there's estimated to be 70,000 sports clubs in Australia. So if you, you run those numbers across 70,000, you get to huge numbers, which means it's a, a crisis on a national scale. You were talking about a number of small clubs and a number of large clubs. Just first of all, perhaps for our listeners, just define the difference between what you regard as a small club and what you regard as a large club. And then we'll talk about the specific needs of each. Well, look, first of all, we're talking totally about local regional sports clubs, volunteer run, largely operating without paid staff. You know, there may, there may be a part-time coach or whatever. So it's, it's that typical local community club. We drew a cutoff based on looking at the profile of clubs uh, and sort of roughly two-thirds of clubs uh, were under 1,000 uh, members and revenues, annual revenues of under $250,000. So we find those as small local clubs. Any clubs that were bigger than that in terms of member numbers and or revenue, they were defined as large local clubs. Okay, let's talk about uh, the South Australian numbers. 170 respondents from South Australia. 
You estimate that we have 3,300 small clubs out of those 170 respondents, and you estimate that we had, I think we had 30 respondents from large clubs, and we guesstimate around about 1,300 large clubs in South Australia. So across the board, we have uh, 4,600 clubs, and by your estimation, the average is that they are down around about 12,500 each. Would that be a reasonable assessment of it? Yeah, that's a pretty good assessment. <clears throat> so the reason that the way we got to those numbers, and of course, when we talk about community sport, we're, we're talking about your traditional sports that everybody knows and love, and, and some and some micro sports, and we also including in that kind of community groups that may do a variety of roles, but sport is one of them. So it's a sort of it's quite a hard to say this is the exact number of clubs sure. in any territory. But what we did is we assumed that the four thousand odd responses were representative, and we we created those figures from there. In terms of the losses, that's what the clubs told us their losses were on average. So, as you say, smaller clubs in South Australia, about $12,500, and uh, your larger clubs, about $17,000 to $18,000. So, those were, the, those were the financial needs of those clubs. So, for a small club, around about $12,500 down, that's a lot of meat trays, Patrick. It's a lot of meat trays. It's quite a few regos. It's, uh, you know, a, a sausage sizzle of a Saturday morning about every every few weeks i would think during the season the thing is these guys have lost income everywhere like sponsors have pulled out because they're doing it tough uh you know or, or they may have closed down memberships are down and all of those traditional fundraising can't really take place so that's that's where that money comes from it's a direct hit to the revenue line south australia uh, has I guess, fared relatively well out of the lockdown. We are back now and uh, most of our sports at some level are back and participating. I think there's a couple that are still to get their uh, top club competition going. And I'm thinking about um, basketball is probably a good example. We've lost a number of country footy leagues along the way. Um, But now that we're back playing, perhaps give an explanation of how that doesn't necessarily just immediately solve, solve the problems for the clubs. Yeah, well, it's a it's a variety of reasons. So one is lower income, as I say. Even though they're back playing sports, uh, a lot of the businesses that have traditionally sponsored uh, local sport uh, are doing it tough and may have had to pull out or reduce their sponsorship. Clubs are telling us, and it's around seventy percent of clubs all over Australia are telling us they've got fewer members. Uh, and mm. the reason for that is, you know, uh, basically it's a shorter season, particularly in the winter season. You know, if you have come back to sport and are starting now, you may only get uh, a 10-game comp or whatever it might be running to the end of the season. So some are saying, oh, no, uh, it's too short, I won't do it. Uh, some are concerned about health, you know, uh, health concerns and health issues of getting back to sport. So, And and some members, of course, have got their own financial pressures. Uh, they may have lost their jobs, their businesses may be under pressure, and they can't afford to pay for, for themselves or their kids to participate. So 70% of clubs are facing a decline in participants at the moment. So that means their revenue revenue is down. You've got to add to that, Ben, costs are up. So all clubs have new hygiene measures. Mm. Uh, they have to buy sanitizer and other things. They've got to buy extra kit and equipment uh, to, to cope with sport in a post-COVID time. So you've got higher costs, lower, lower income. You've got a, a financial pinch point. And I imagine there are a number of costs that, whether you're playing or not, you just have to deal with as a sports club. But there are issues like affiliation fees and insurance that you can't escape whatever you do. Absolutely. So during the shutdown, income pretty much stopped from every source, but all the costs remained. They still had to pay their utility bills, still had to pay the insurance, 
maintenance, affiliation fees, and so on. So, so clubs had this continued outgoing whilst no income was coming in. And they had to draw down on savings or, in some cases, go into debt to meet those bills. And that's pushed them very close to the wall. Have you even heard stories of perhaps where uh, well-meaning members of communities have actually lent clubs money? And I imagine that's a, a, a dangerous rabbit hole to be going down. Yeah, in general, I mean, I haven't heard stories like that, but in general, going into debt and borrowing is probably not not the first port of call. I would say, you know, most clubs have so far been able to sort of manage to cobble together to cover the losses, uh, losses to date. It's how they cope with the next six, 12 months that's the issue that we're concerned about. Let's take a short break to hear from John Mannion at the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation. It's brilliant that we're starting to return to sport to return to physical activity and to be part of a team again. Both wonderful things that will have a positive impact upon our mental health. But for some of us, the time out of sport may have been a challenge, and so returning to the sporting group might be difficult for us. Therefore, we think it's really great if we look out for each other. And one way to do this is to know the five signs of mental distress that can help ourselves, our family, and our friends. So why not look out for things like, is somebody not feeling themselves? Have they started to become withdrawn? Maybe they're showing some signs of agitation. They could be starting to neglect themselves or having conversations with you where they're expressing their feel sense of hopelessness. If this is the case, it's important to reach out and to put your hand up. Take the time to connect with your families and friends. Give yourself permission to relax and to recharge. Remember, it's normal to feel stressed, sad and confused. And talking to a trusted family or friend can really help you. Remain calm and try to keep a routine as normal as possible. Look after yourselves and your loved ones. And remember, we're all in this together. And now back to the show. Will there be ongoing pain? Uh, And I understand that this has been a very, very difficult year, but can we expect that midway through next year, this is all long forgotten about and uh, we've just ticked all these boxes and there's no problems anymore? Quite frankly, Ben, I wish that would be the case. Uh, you know, we can dream, but <laughs> your guess is as good as mine. Uh, COVID's going to be around and the restrictions and the financial and economic impact's going to be around for the foreseeable future and sport is not immune. And, and I think the reason we wanted to highlight community sport is because there'd been so much focus on the professional game and there still is, you know, Queensland hubs, New South Wales hubs, you know, pro clubs moving everywhere. Where's the grand final going to be held? Is it going to be Adelaide Oval, etc.? The real crisis for us is at community level and it isn't going away soon. So we have to help these clubs survive and, and fill their critical role in local communities. You raise an interesting point because community sport uh, isn't the only level of sport that has suffered some uh, significant funding dramas. I deal a little bit with the Adelaide Football Club here uh, in South Australia, and they're estimating that they're going to be down around about $12 million. I mean, that's a staggering amount just for one sporting club alone. What needs the priority, Patrick? Is it the sports clubs at the top end that perhaps inspire our young kids and they, and also do have a capacity to uh, generate revenue for a sport via television rights and all of those sorts of things? Or do we need to be investing far more at the coalface where these kids actually learn to play the game and develop their friendships and relationships and their motor skills? Well, uh, that's a bit of a catch-22 because, you know, we all love our professional sport and they do play a hugely important role in inspiring our kids and the next generation and and as as economic entities. 
I guess where we as an organization come out is that the role of community sport is important for, for two big reasons. You touched on one, which is if there is no community sport, then in 10, 15 years, we don't have any professional sports people. We don't have our next generation of Olympians because every champion starts at the grassroots. So there's that long term aspect to it. But one of the things that we covered in our report is that uh, we're collaborating with Victoria University and they're basically running a study over a long period of time which checks physical and mental health of community sports participants in Australia. And they were able to track a 30% increase in mental health problems among mm. sports participants during the lockdown and a 30% decline in physical health. So if you say community sport uh, becomes less prevalent, people drop out of sport, we are going to have significant health problems as a society. We're going to have more obesity, more physical health problems and a greater set of mental health problems. And that's why I think community sport if, if it's a question of one or the other i think more priority should be given to community sport because of the societal impact what about demographic have you seen that clubs perhaps that are more closely attuned to maybe uh, an elderly population so you know i know there's a lot of young people who play lawn bowls but i just have lawn bowls in my mind as a sp sport that's traditionally played by more elderly people are they the clubs that are facing the greatest threat or is it maybe sports that are more readily associated with young kids so maybe t-ball and baseball and soccer and those sorts of sports or is there is is there no bias here there's no age bias what there is is a bias uh so so uh, contact sports as defined are suffering more than non-contact sports mm. uh, and if, so i'll pick two tennis and golf are defined as non-contact sports and they're doing reasonably well mm. there's a an upsurge of interest, and I think they've they've obviously suffered, but less badly than other sports. And the worst hit of all are the indoor contact sports, and you know basketball that you mentioned in mm. your uh, opening comments. That's that's really suffered, and some of the martial arts sports, as you can imagine. So uh, we have not seen a demographic bias. It's it's the kids right through to the elderly, but it's the type of sport involved that depends on how hard they hit. Yeah, golf has been amazing. It's been an explosion. In golf. Absolutely, Patrick. yeah. I've even thought about getting my own clubs back out. <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, you'll uh, you get into that, Patrick. Suddenly, you know, we're talking about 134 clubs. You'll be able to play two rounds and shoot inside that if you uh, <laughs> if you really work uh, on your game. Patrick, what's next? And I ask this uh, from the perspective of what should local sports clubs be aiming to do to try and as best as possible mitigate the challenges that they're facing and how does the for the australian sports foundation can they play a role yeah we are here to play a role so uh, what i would suggest is that any local sports club there that is uh, you know that is in need of support and in need of funding if you're not already in touch with us please get in touch with us uh, I'd suggest you go to our campaign website, which is covid.sportsfoundation.org.au. Uh, two things you can do there. I mean, obviously, download the report and, and so on, but you can also um, register with us and we can offer you fundraising tools and support and assistance in the immediate term to help with short-term funding needs. Second, by connecting with us, we're using this data to go out and raise funds, which we want to distribute to clubs in need. So by connecting with us, you're immediately on our radar once we raise funds we'll be able to distribute them to, to clubs that need our help and that uh, that are connected with us so that's what we're here for
Patrick, just before we wrap it up, what about volunteers? Has that been a challenge for local clubs as well? Big challenge. And it's um, I'm glad you raised it, Ben, because, again, it's a huge point in community sport. It's as much about the volunteers as it is about the participants. Over 40% of the clubs are telling us they're facing a decline in volunteers. And there's sort of lots of reasons behind that. They may be facing their own problems in their own life, but also health concerns, I think, is, is one that's um, coming to the fore. But at the same time, clubs are telling us they actually need more volunteers because the COVID regulations actually are quite onerous in terms of logging people in, providing the right sanitizers, making sure you're keeping the distance and so on. So clubs need more volunteers and they're facing a decline. It's uh, again, a, a challenge for community clubs. Patrick, it's an incredible report. You've done a remarkable body of work with it. The estimation, I'll just uh, recap again, $1.6 billion in community sport has just been wiped off the map. It is very troubling times for a number of uh, the people that we most relate to here on this podcast, and that is community sports people. Uh, We appreciate the effort that you and your team have gone to come up with these facts, and we wish you all the best as uh, you lead the charge, I suppose, in trying to uh, keep as many of our clubs as possible uh, on the park over the next couple of years. Exactly, Ben. Well, thanks for your kind words, but really the hard work starts now. The whole purpose of this report was to enable us to engage with potential funding sources and get some funds so that we can help clubs in need. So really the easy bit's been done and it's now the hard yards. Patrick, appreciate your time here at Hooked on Sport. No dramas, Ben. Great to speak with you. Hi, I'm Bruce McAvaney and you're listening to Hooked on Sport. Well, it's sobering, isn't it? Every small club in South Australia needs $12,000 each just to get back to break even. So if you're part of a club suffering financially as a result of the pandemic, please get in touch with the Australian Sports Foundation via their website to see if they can help you. Well, that is the final financial black hole on this bonus episode. As always, our gratitude to the Sport SA and the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation with support from Business SA and SA Health. Hooked on Sport, you know where to find us, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to get in contact. Thank you to Ben Watson, who wrote and recorded the musical intro to Hooked on Sport, and to the show's producers, Wallace Long and Desiree McMahon. Appreciate you tuning in to this bonus episode. We will see you soon at Hooked on Sport.